0: Jesus is real. There's power in Your name. We find hope in trusting Your ways. We believe Jesus is real. You are a major player in everything that goes on in your life. You have feelings and thoughts about it. You have emotions tied up in it. And what Jesus does is Jesus leverages those situations and he changes your heart that now all of a sudden you are different in those situations. And ultimately what you learn is that Jesus gives you the opportunity to live differently than you ever would, even if your circumstances never change. Everyone
1: has experienced it at some point, that moment when you arrive at your destination. Don't remember the drive there it's easy to go about your life on autopilot, it's not safe, nor is it fulfilling. Today, Pastor Daniel invites you to explore your need for a spiritual reset. He encourages you to take the opportunity to enliven your relationship with God by considering who Jesus is. If your circumstances don't change, Jesus can change you in them. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in John chapter 1 as he begins his message before everything.
0: So there's nothing more absolutely annoying when you're working on your computer and all of a sudden you get either the spinning ball or the hourglass. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's like where you're working on something and you're, you're feverishly working on something and all of a sudden you go to save it and all of a sudden the thing starts spinning. How many of you ever had that happen to you before? That's right. Everybody knows what that's like, right? And in the worst situations, that thing keeps spinning and spinning and spinning and it never stops, right? And you realize at that point when, when the computer's locked up, you know that there's only one way to fix that, Right? You got to hold down that power button, six seconds, and all of a sudden, the thing shuts off. That reboot, you lose information oftentimes, but it's the only way for the thing to work right. And we've all had that situation. And now how many of you have had that happen before you saved all your information and you lost information, raise your hand? That's a bummer when that happens. I'll never forget, I remember one time I had that go on and, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to shut the thing down. Then when I shut it down, it never came back on again, the computer. And I hadn't backed up the computer in two years. Oh, yeah. Now I'm a diligent backing up at once a month kind of a guy. Those reboots are important. And not only are they important for your computer, but it's important for life. I mean, when you think about things like New Year's resolutions or... You know, you take these times and you and you go on, maybe you take some time away and you go on a vacation so that you can get a fresh perspective on what's going on. And as we step into the Christmas season, you have to realize that Jesus is the ultimate reset. He's the ultimate reboot. Jesus is actually the fix for every single circumstance that you find yourself in. Now, I know that sounds kind of simplistic, and oftentimes people, you know, if you're not walking with Jesus or if you wouldn't say that you're a follower of Jesus, you hear that, like, how is that possible? I mean, how can a Christian say that Jesus is every answer? And the reason a Christian says that is because in every situation that you find yourself in, you're in that situation. And what Jesus does is he doesn't change the circumstances that you're in. He changes you in your circumstances. And that's why Jesus is the ultimate reboot or reset for the situations you find yourself in because you are a major player in everything that goes on in your life. You have feelings and thoughts about it. You have emotions tied up in it. And what Jesus does is Jesus leverages those situations and he changes your heart that now all of a sudden you are different in those situations. And ultimately what you learn is that Jesus gives you the opportunity to live differently than you ever would even if your circumstances never change. And then you begin to start to find, and it's, absolutely amazing when it first happens to you, you start to be thankful for challenging situations because you're beginning to realize that my situations are teaching me who God is and who I am, and God is leveraging these hard situations to make me more like him, which is actually who I really want to be. But what's so powerful about this is when you think of the Christmas season, it's about Jesus. But Christmas season reminds us that Jesus came as a normal, little, innocent child. And that child contains within himself all the hopes and dreams of not only you and I, but all of humanity, of every generation, of every culture, of every situation in this child. So we're going to be exploring together who that child is. We're going to be studying together John chapter 1 verses one to 18. So I want you to open up in your Bible to John chapter one. I'm going to be taking just the first five verses today. So if you brought your Bible with you to church, I want you to pull that thing out. John is the fourth book in your new Testament. So the last third of your Bible is your, the new Testament. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So it's the fourth book. If you brought us a, a smart device, just type in John one colon one dash five, you'll get it. Now here's my encouragement. Here's my encouragement. Over the next number message, we're going to be taking the first 18 verses. I want you to study John 1, 1 to 18. I want you to read it every single day. And as you read that, I want you to grab either a journal or a piece of paper, maybe you like to, to journal, and I would, and as you keep reading it, I just want you to write down the things that God is ministering to you. Like, let John 1, 1 to 18, be part of your devotional life. I mean, people say, I want to make let Jesus be the reason for my season, Right? This is how you do that. Study it and, and, and start to ask yourself, what does it mean? What does this mean for my life? And what does this mean for the world in which I live? And what does this mean for who I am and how I move through this world? Now, for some of you, are like, well, man, I got John 1, 1 to 18 memorized. Great, now figure out how to live it. You know what I mean? Because I know some people are like, I already got that thing memorized. Well, are you living it? Is it? Is it street level for you or is it just Bible verses that we've memorized? What's funny is, is I've taught this, these passages many times. And every time I'm like, wow, how did I ever teach this passage? What did I understand about this? Because God's word is alive. Now, the other thing that I want to say to you all is, as a pastor, teaching John chapter one, verses one to 18, I could do. I could just teach these 18 verses for the rest of my life, and I will not exhaust what's in these verses. Like, this is some of the deepest, most profound truths in the Bible, right? Where it's like, you're delving into the depths of what's there, and you're also summiting the most beautiful mountain, the most amazing views of the Lord, and as a Pastor and as a teacher, I feel so woefully inadequate on this text. You know, because it's like you you look at it and you're like, "How does somebody explain this?" So in some ways, that's why I'm telling you all to just to take it in your devotional life because the Spirit of God will explain it to you. And all the ways that I don't do a good job or, or I, I leave it hanging because I'm just grasping for human words to explain what this actually means i know that the spirit of god will broker all the ways that i fall short as a pastor and as a teacher and as we get into it you'll see why i say that because god's word is so incredibly deep what is contained within this book is so powerful and no matter how much time you spend exploring it no matter how long you walk with the lord you never like i cornered the market on this thing like, I just get like, oh, yeah, it makes total sense. No, it doesn't. Because God is God. So, look what it says. So, John 1, picking up in verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made. That was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. It's power. I mean... It's not only is it poetic and beautiful prose, but the, the content here is amazing. Now what's amazing is if you look at all the four gospels, each story, they call it the gospels, the story of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all begin in different spots, right? So Matthew begins with this long list of names that links Jesus to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all of the, all of the telling of the Old Testament. Right? And then you had a, a short account of the birth of Jesus. And then Mark's gospel begins right when John the Baptist shows on up and begins baptizing. Right, And then, and then Luke's gospel gives us a, a more thorough treatment of not only the birth of Jesus, but the birth of John the Baptist. But John's gospel does not choose to begin its telling at 2,000 years ago or the time of the birth of Jesus, John the apostle inspired by the Holy Spirit goes all the way back to what we would call the beginning or maybe more realistically would be stated before the beginning. Because what these verses teach us, at least the first two verses, is that Jesus has always been. Jesus has always been. Look, look at what it says. In the beginning was the word And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning. With God. So long before we have the fact that. Jesus was born of a virgin named Mary. In in, in Nazareth. Long before that. We have this idea that Jesus. Has always been. Now. Now. I don't even know what to say about that. Can I be super honest with you? Like, 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 what what do you say about that? That long before Jesus was born, he was pre-existent. Now, what's fascinating about this is John used in the beginning was the word. Now, that the word word there is the Greek word logos, which was widely used in Greek philosophical teaching as well as in Jewish wisdom literature. And philosophy. So the idea, it means the word, that which is spoken. That what, What's the message? And the idea here is that words are creative. That's what it means. So if you think back, and, and of course, the Genesis creation account. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 3 it says it this way. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. So your Bible begins with this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And now John comes in, inspired by the Spirit, speaking of Jesus, and he starts to explain Genesis 1, 1 to 1, 3, and unpack it in a unique way. Because first we learn that in the beginning, there's God, and God is creating the physical world, all that you and I know and experience. The only experience that we even understand is that of a physical world us having physical bodies, living in physical space. And what we learn here is that God created all of that. Right? And now what's interesting about Genesis 1, we start with the fact that the earth is without form and void and darkness is on the face of the waters. The idea is the earth is unformed still, but while that's happening, the spirit of God is hovering over the face of the waters and then... God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, in Genesis 1, verses 1 to 3, you actually get the first explanation of the Trinity, or there's one God as Father, Son, and Spirit. Because in Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In verse 2, you have, and the Spirit is hovering over the face of the waters. And then in verse 3, and God spoke. The logos, the word Let there be light. And then light came into existence. But if you think about this account, you also realize that there's so many overtones over the reality of Jesus. Because what was Mary told was how she was going to become with child of God. The spirit of God overshadows you, hovers over you. It's it's the same idea. And so what you have here is that in the beginning, back in John 1, was the, the word, the logos. And the word was with God. And the word was God. So what we find, quite simply, is that the word of God is one with God. And obviously, if you've ever uh, had someone come knock on your door trying to give you a, a little pamphlet that's not the Bible, they'll always bring you to John 1.1. 1, 1. Because in their translation of their Bibles, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and they've translated it, and the Word was a God. Which is even more problematic, because if you ever talk to someone who has a Jehovah's Witnesses background, they believe in Jesus for salvation, but it says that the Word was a God, so I'm like, "So you're a polytheist then. So the God who you believe in for salvation, so you believe in multiple gods, so Jehovah's not happy with you anyway. If you say that, say it nicely. Please. I've learned this over time. I mean, I'll never forget this. I was like a young, I mean I'm still kind of young, but you know, I'm older now. I'm more mature, I hope. You know, I was a young zealous believer, and, and these Jehovah you know, folks, Jehovah Witnesses came over, and there were some, you know, a young, two young girls and two young guys, and they didn't really know what they were in for. I felt bad for them, you know. Cause I kinda teed them up pretty good. You know, I had them, you know, I was working and and I said so can we look at John 1-1? They're like, oh, we're so happy you wanted to look at John 1-1, you know? And I'm like, so you believe in Jesus for your salvation? Yes, absolutely. Well, it says that he's a God, so he's not Jehovah God, so you believe in multiple gods. That's not going to be so good for you and Jehovah. And the two girls' eyes got really big. And then the two guys were like, we need to go right now, and the next week they send the old dudes. The word was God. So some people say the Trinity is not, the the word's not in the Bible. It's true. It's not in the Bible. But that word is the word that scholars have used to give the concept. Because if you're going to think, who is this Jesus who we believe in, who died on the cross for the sins of the world, what you learn here is that Jesus has always been, long before he was a baby in the manger, Jesus was with God. He was God. And so this word Trinity is the word that we've come up with to try and understand who is this God that created and sustained everything. Now, what we also learn here in verse two, he was in the beginning with God. So this idea of Jesus being pre preexistent and John in his first epistle. So first John chapter one, verses one to four And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Now, the reason I wanted to give you Genesis 1, verses 1 to 3. Now, John 1 and 1 John 1, 1 to 5. Because those three scriptures go together and they are the three places in the Bible that explains what happened in the beginning. And you want to study those. As you're, as you're meditating on the word of God this holiday season, you want to think that that child who we celebrate his birth. Now, I do need to say that everybody here knows that nowhere in the Bible does it say that Jesus was born on December 25th, right? So it's a day that we commemorate. I mean, Jesus' birth was so uneventful that nobody chose to write it down. So we have fixed him a birthday, a day that we can celebrate on it, But you all know that you should celebrate the reality of the coming of Jesus every day. Now, if me saying that December 25th isn't really Jesus' birthday, if that offends you, I'm so sorry. But you have to read your Bible. Just because culture grabs these things, or along the way, historically, someone said, well, his birthday was December 25th, doesn't mean that that's the day that it was. But the day is superfluous, really. Right, like today is National Human Rights Day. Everybody knew that. Now, can I just can be honest? Should we have like a National Human Rights Day, or should every day be Human Rights Day? Right? It's like we have Grandparents Day. I can't believe they don't have National Twinkie Day yet. Because <laughs> I'm definitely celebrating National Twinkie Day every day. You know, it's like it's like we decide that these days are important. But listen, the reality is, is that Jesus is here. He's real. But you want to understand that this child has always been the word's preexistence, his distinctiveness, his deity is brought out in these verses. He was in the beginning with God. So notice that the word now gets personified as a he. This in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, in the company with God. That's what actually that word with actually means. Right, That word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So this idea that Jesus is God. He's always been as God always has. Now as you move into verse 3, we learn something else. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. So this is simply stating the fact that Jesus is the creator God. So Jesus is the creator God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. So what that means for each one of us is that everything that exists, exists because Jesus was the creator God. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. This is who Jesus is. Now, what's important about this, and I think we all need to grab hold of this, is this elevates Jesus above all of the material world. In the early church, as much as it is today, people want to demean Jesus and say, well, Jesus is just like the first among many. Or, you know, you know, he's just like everybody else. No, he's not. Jesus supersedes and is greater than all of the created order. And that is why we believe, as followers of Jesus, that we should worship Jesus. And I think this is really where it boils down. It's one thing for people to think that Jesus, yeah, he's a good dude, good teacher. We like ourselves Jesus. it's another thing to say, we worship Jesus. But I'm here to tell you, if you take your Bible seriously at all, you have to realize that you need to worship Jesus because Jesus is the greatest ever. And he is greater than all of creation. Jesus, and that's why Jesus could say, unless you hate your father and your mother, your spouse, your children, your lands then you can't be my disciple. He's not saying you should hate your parents. He's not saying you should hate your spouse. He's not saying you should hate your kids. He's not saying you should hate your life. He's just saying you need to make sure that when you prioritize things in your heart, that you prioritize what is meant to be the priority. And Jesus is not content to be just part of your pecking order. He should be the person who chooses your pecking order. And I think what's going on for a lot of us right now is we like the idea of Jesus, but you don't want to be all in. You don't want to put all your chips, so to speak, in Jesus's basket. But my friends, unless all your chips are in Jesus's basket, you're not his disciple.
1: Jesus is- With all the busyness of life, sometimes you just need a spiritual reset. In today's message, Pastor Daniel encouraged you to begin your reboot by studying who Jesus really is. He shared that Jesus is God, present with the Father and the Holy Spirit before time began. Jesus is also the creator who designed the beautiful intricacies of the world around you. As you ponder the person of Jesus, he will transform your life from the inside out.
0: at danielfusco.com.
1: Thanks for joining us today for Jesus is Real Radio. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth, that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will continue to explore what the Bible says about who Jesus is. You'll discover that he's depicted as being life and light. You'll learn that Jesus deserves to be the starting point for your thoughts and actions. He longs to dispel the darkness from your heart and drench you with his presence so that you can truly live. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series called Rest. A new birth, a fresh start. Until then, may God bless.